With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN. We're presented by DraftKings. Smack dab in the middle of the week. Hope you're having a nice one. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson at the D. Uh, I think they're dreaming of becoming cowboys as uh, Amal Shaw is going to break out the lasso in a little bit. Dustin has been talking about going to the rodeo and becoming a cowboy, which would be an interesting look with Dustin on the back of a horse as we get it going. Now, a couple of things. I, I know Amal has thoughts on Draymond Green, who became and is unhinged at this point, his third ejection last night, where I don't know if it was a slip or, excuse me, a slap or a punch on Nurkic, but it, he is right now out of control. We've got some numbers to apply as far as moving forward if there isn't a suspension uh, for Draymond Green. I want to get to some prop lessons along the way. Dustin, we were talking a little bit about that yesterday as far as NBA betting. There has been a decision on Bill Belichick, it appears, as far as the New England Patriots and the head coach there. We'll get to that coming up in just a bit. Some surprising offensive players of the week in respective conferences, which we shall discuss. So we've got a Thursday night affair coming up tomorrow night. It's going to be Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian Hoyer with nothing on the line as the Chargers are right down the road. I think there's going to be more people at the rodeo than at Chargers, uh, of course, Raiders there at Allegiant Stadium. So plenty to do on the show. I got a couple of surprises as well. We have a great lineup of guests. Evan Washburn, CBS Sports, is going to join us. Now, you were trying to figure out the games he had been covering, Dustin, I know one of the interviews I saw coming out of the weekend was him. He must have been on the Browns game because he was interviewing Joe Flacco. And Flacco was actually giving him something, which he never has in his career. So Flacco a little emotional as he is now the starter there for the Cleveland Browns. Mike Palm is going to join us. Of course, good to have Palm back, VP of Ops Circa, the D Golden Gate. 
Bobby Stanley, picks-wise, NBA. He's a prop better. Albert Wynn, handicapper. So a full slate today, boys, as we get you started. We say hi uh, to the dangerous duo. Omal Shaw, what's happening on this Wednesday, 13th of December? Not much. Whenever you and Dustin want to take a break today, let me know. I've got anywhere between two minutes to 20 minutes to rant on Draymond Green. Uh, you know, what we saw last night taking out Tyson Fury. I mean, Yusef Nurkic was pretty impressive with the right hook there. I mean, just... Was it a slap? Was it a punch? Oh, what are we calling it? That's called a punch. Now, listen, I don't know what the laws are in Maricopa County, but I think those could be charges filed against him based on that assault. If not, he should be lacing him up and getting ready with the gloves to go 12 rounds against Fury or anybody else that wants to fight him because taking down Nurkic like that, he's 7 feet tall, 290 pounds. I mean, you got to yell timber when he goes down. Yeah, it was interesting. Nurkic had a great quote after the game. He basically said, I, I don't know what's going on in that guy's life, but I hope he gets some help because that's really it's something that is happening off the court. He's obviously taken it to the court and the antics at this point have become uh, and there's nobody checking him on his own team and it's starting to get awkward. So we'll get to and then apply it to the betting market as well. Draymond Green is unhinged antics last night continue in Phoenix. I've got a prop lesson from that game as well as we say hi to the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, the cowboy. Where have all the cowboys gone? Well, they're right there in a quarter zip. Well, I really just want to be a, a cowboy so I can get ridden to save a horse, right? Isn't that the song? Save a horse, ride a save cowboy? Save a horse. No, save a cowboy, ride a horse, ride a horse, save a cowboy, something like <laughs> Could that. Could you yes, imagine? Sir. Can you imagine the poor horse that I would be riding? I'd have to do double duty. Like, you know, you see some of those F-150 or F-350 trucks that have double wide tires on either side. I'd have to have two horses at a time to carry me. <laughs> well, I I wrote down a couple of things. There's nine NBA games today. And when you're looking to bet props, and Dustin, you know this because you're constantly waiting for that injury report yeah. to come out. And the NBA must do a better job of reporting injuries and being more precise and better timing-wise. Uh, that's an aside. But oftentimes, as far as a lesson for new bettors when betting props, individual player props, you're looking for mismatch or blowouts, and you're looking to avoid those. Like a predictive one would be tonight, boys. The 76ers at the Pistons. So the Pistons have lost 20 straight. The number with the 76ers at the Pistons is the 76ers lane 12. If you're nervous about lane 12 with the 76ers, remember, they just won by 45 v. Washington on Monday night. It's not an issue. The Pistons are a disaster. We'll get to the side in total coming up in just a little bit. But I said you're looking to avoid when prop betting these props that uh, lend themselves to predictive blow. Blowouts like the 76ers most likely going to blow out the Pistons because it really comes down to simple math, opportunities to get points, grab boards, or dish assists. Somebody like an Embiid, you look at the mismatch against the Pistons and you think, okay, I'm going to bet Embiid props. This sounds rudimentary, but you have to think it through. And then you take a look and Embiid doesn't play the fourth quarter. So that's one. You just It comes down to finding competitive games where you're actually going to get the simple math, which equals opportunities. Okay, another one. Now, this one is unforeseen. Did you guys see what happened, Amal? Did you see what happened with Jokic yesterday in Chicago? Yeah. Now, I've oh, read sorry, that ahead. outside of Serbia, per capita, the most Serbs in the country of in the United States are in Chicago. Yeah. So they were bitter last night because with about a minute 20 to play, Jokic was tossed from the game. And I, 
Did you see anything, Amal, that led to the referee? He was in his feelings, obviously, because he tossed him. I, I guess he said, call an effing foul, but players get away with that all the time. Yeah, and, and I tell you, it's very disappointing because they play in Chicago once a year. It's a it's in the Eastern Conference, and for the Joker to get thrown out, having played only 16 minutes last night, just egregious. You know, the one thing the NBA really kind of sells to the public is they're an entertainment sport. Well, if you're going to try and entertain the masses who probably in Chicago had to put, purchase three other tickets to be able to get the nuggets in that package, you throw him out like that, I'm sorry, it can't happen. Look, if it's something egregious, then throw him out. But you know the worst one I've ever seen? You guys remember the Tim Duncan one with Joey Crawford in Dallas? It wasn't quite on that level last night, but I was like, come on, man. You just have to understand time scoring situation and make the right decision here. And understand the show's not about you. The refs, yeah. you get in your feelings, I get it, but... You know, he's the best player on the planet. Yep. He's playing in Chicago. They want to see him. They bought tickets to see him. With a minute 20 to go, big guy, he gets tossed. Now, here's the the unforeseen lesson. When you're betting props, you're going to take some losses that make no sense. I was over nine and a half assists on Jokic yesterday. He got tossed with a minute 20 to play in the second quarter. He had six assists. The assumption is he's going to get to 10, right? So that's a loss. And then I'll steal one from you, Dustin. You're looking to pick up the pieces with injuries. So, again, look for competitive games because that equals opportunities when betting individual player props. The second one, the big guy's always on, and that's picking up the pieces. Last night, Nurkic, you could go over his rebounds. He ends up with 13 against the Warriors. Uh, after and before the punch, he was grabbing boards. And the reason, Dustin, is because late – uh, Kevin Durant was ruled out. Those rebounds that went to Durant, many of them, as they did, go to Nurkic. So just a few ideas. Sorry to be so long-winded with it. We're going to get to Amal's take on Draymond Green. But Dustin, props are something you've been attacking a lot lately. Oftentimes, you're going to lose them for unforeseen circumstances like the Jokic one. But the other one that last night that I lost, I looked for a competitive game, and it was Kings Clippers. Sabonis, 12 and a half on the rebounds. He ends up with 10. Why did he end up with 10 rebounds? Because the Kings were down 30 going into the fourth, and he didn't play for the fourth quarter. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, even yeah. a game, I think that game went off as a pick em or, th three. you know, anywhere between a pick em and three, and all of a sudden, Sabonis doesn't play for the whole entire fourth quarter. You can't, it's a, it's a high-variance market. That's so, all I'm saying. So first off on that point there, it's uh, when you bet props, understand that there is more working against you than for you in every single situation. That's why, like, sometimes I get a little out of control with them because I think I have quote-unquote advantages. In the end, there is always more working against you and that player going over that number. Injuries, fouls, the game yep. flow, the matchups. There's just so uh, – what, what the upcoming schedule. Like, I would be very careful with – props on the Sixers because they have a back. They face uh, Detroit two games in a row, today and Friday. They go to Charlotte and then they have the Bulls. That's four very easy games for the Sixers. So I'd be careful about individual player props at times, even though Maxi is a guy I would love to target because the Pistons are the worst at defending point guards this right. year. They allow over 1.1 more points per game than the second team versus point guards. So that's one note. Two, it was Serbian Heritage tonight, uh, Heritage Night in Chicago. Oh, was Chicago. it? It was Serbian Heritage so Night in Chicago. Not only United did Center. they come out to see, what a disaster. to see Jokic, it was the 
one night a year where they're celebrating this mass population of Serbians there. Uh, your Jokic bet was a fantastic bet, too, by the way, because Jamal Murray was out of the lineup. With Murray out of the lineup, Jokic His facilitates goes even up. more. Yep. They run everything through him. So it was a great bet, but ultimately the lesson back to what I started with, there's always more working against you with these props. So you I always think that's a great careful. point. I really do it. And Amal, when we return, I want to get into your Draymond point, yeah. but fellas, just like another very basic handicapping angle is looking for situations. Look what happens tonight in Phoenix. The Nets are at the Suns. The Suns, that was an emotional game. Bradley Beal was back. Booker, obviously, they win 119-116. It was against the Warriors, which always matters. It was on TNT. The players know it. Now here comes the Nets, right, Amal? They're rested. So it's a tricky spot for the Suns is all I'm saying. No question about a tough game last night. Patrick, the reason why I was laughing when you mentioned the Sacramento game, I took the Kings in the first half plus 18 and a half. And they were down 33 in the third quarter. So I never looked at the score ever again. And I was like, I can't believe they actually lost by 20. I almost felt like I had a win, right? Like they were getting absolutely just blown out at crypto. And they actually outscored them by nine in the fourth quarter. But you guys brought up a great point, which is why I probably wouldn't touch any props in that 76ers-Pistons game tonight. Would any of us be surprised if we see Philly up by 20 at the break? And the next thing you know, mid-third quarter, once everybody's hit their double-double numbers in terms of streaks of points scored, you see Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Harris all on the bench and nobody playing. I mean, by the way, here's the best stat of the season. The Pistons have won two games. The Spurs have won three games. And the Wizards have won three games. The Pistons and the Spurs have actually been over 500 this year. <laughs> yeah, because they were two and one to start. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Holy crap. Now, think about this. The 76ers on Monday beat the Washington Wizards by 45. Last week, the Wizards beat the Pistons by like 16. Tonight could get ugly. We're coming back with Amal's take on Draymond Green. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, as we welcome you back, and we do welcome back our two presented by DraftKings. How are we doing? I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and you'll notice when we go from the single shot of me, I'm Patrick Maher, to the try shot of the boys there at the D right in front of Bar Canada, he returns, a triumphant return for Mike Palm, senior VP over there, Circa, Golden Gate, of course, the D, and last week he was hanging out with the Harris Group in D.C., trying to figure out what to do for the commanders at head coach next year. That's the rumor floating around. Is that true? Um, actually, I was at the AGA winter board of director meeting. We, the new uh, VP for communications at the AGA is actually coming over from the commanders, Joe Maloney. So he's been three years with the commanders uh, working there with them. And uh, he's a good addition to the team. Uh, I was just about to relay a story. You know, we had our meeting in the uh, Chamber of Commerce building. So we get in, and there was like six security things we had to go through. It was uh, unbelievable. I said, there's this much security at the Chamber of Commerce? So we get in, and they start the meeting, and they told us in the room next to us, Biden was speaking. So number one, we couldn't leave the building for the next two and a half hours. So then we got on the break, and I was went out in the hallway looking for the bathroom. I almost wound up in Leavenworth. I mean, it was a, it was a close call. I took a wrong turn, and they wanted to know what I was doing there. But uh, it was good meetings. We made some progress on increasing the slot um, taxable jackpot threshold. The IRS Advisory Committee, for the first time, advised the IRS to raise that threshold. I mean, it's twelve hundred dollars. It was set in nineteen seventy one. Obviously, in real money terms, that's ridiculous. So they're trying to get the IRS to pass that themselves without any legislation, just to enact it. And then the uh, sports excise tax is, is the big one for us. And uh, they think there's pretty broad support. Guy Reschenthaler, who's from Pennsylvania, he's the minority deputy whip. He believes they'll be able to get this passed to uh, repeal the sports excise. Because, look, you can go after gray machines in Kentucky and Georgia and shut these businesses down and serve them subpoenas. How are you going to do that offshore? You, you can't regulate what's going on offshore. The only way you can do it is make the tax structure somewhat competitive for the regulated bookmakers here in the United States. By the way, just on the inf inflation calculator, that 1271 is worth $9,097 yeah. today. Yeah. And what's the AGA, Mike? Uh, well, we're, the proposed proposal was five thousand, and then try to revisit in two years to go to seventy-five hundred. I, th I think he was saying the American Gaming. And what is oh, the, oh, yeah, it's the, the American Gaming yeah, Association. American is that Gaming what it is? Association. So right. tell tell the better what your role being sent out there is, and what kind of the weekend consisted for you. Well, so what we did it consist of. We belong to the American Gaming Association. It's a trade association. We pay to to belong to it and lobbies for the gaming industry. Um, really, the, the focus in the last five years of the Gaming Association has been um, to go after the illegal bookmakers and the illegal slot machines. And then on the other side, tell the story of how gaming impacts communities from both a responsibility standpoint and then a job creation and economic standpoint. So you go out and there's 
there's meetings on Monday, and then uh, there's committee meetings on Monday, and then uh, there's a dinner and a cocktail hour Monday night. We were at this place, the Hay Adams Adam Hotel, right across from the White House. Tremendous views there. We had dinner. Uh, and it's a good networking event. And then we have our board meeting uh, on Tuesday. And then some go home Wednesday. I flew out Tuesday night to come back to come back here. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, I, it was Wednesday uh, afternoon was the board meeting. And I flew out Wednesday, got back here just after midnight uh, so that I could, uh, you know, be on with Mitchie and Paul in the morning and give Paul advice to take the Ravens, not the Packers, and survive. <laughs> we begged him. Mitch and I begged him. He had the Ravens available? Yes. He took the Packers. Oh. Why on the road? Was I, he who was he saving the Ravens for? I don't know. The I Super mean, Bowl. The, the, Ouch! Right? Maybe maybe divisional round would be their next easiest matchup. <laughs> they have a pretty brutal schedule. I know. Down the stretch here, they play everybody basically. What is? Uh, just, well, I wonder if you're at a, a fancy event like that and it's cocktail hour. What is your go-to order for a cocktail? I ordered. Uh, I tried to order a Bacardi Coke. But they did not have Bacardi. They had some other type of rum. I don't know. They went into this whole spiel how you'll never drink Bacardi again after you drink this rum. It was fine. I thought you were going to go with a white Russian, but probably no, frowned I'm upon in that event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's good. 1 o'clock. Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> on, on Wednesday. <laughs> going to the, Patrick, I'm going to the Fountain Blue opening tonight. So. Oh, what is it? Can you explain to people outside of Vegas what exactly is happening with the Fountain Blue? Well, what we think is they're having events from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock. Um, they've invited, and it's hard. Derek asked for 20 passes. He got 10. I mean, and he's asked several people. It was very tight with who they invited. So um, it's like most openings, kind of like a strolling dinner where you can go around and get tapas from the different restaurants they have there, open cocktails. That's for like 7 to 9. I don't know what other programming. Then at 9 o'clock, we shuffle into their event center ballroom. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the, the facility. So, uh, And we believe Justin Timberlake is performing. Uh, at that time. And then they said someone else, somebody, a multi-generational talent that appeals to multi-generation. And then there was a rumor post Malone, but that's too young. Yeah. I mean, if you're saying multi-generation, aren't you talking somebody in their late 40s or older? I, 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 I would, would think so. I would think so. U2 is in town. And then... Uh, uh, they're already in the red with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, They're not trying to go yeah. bankrupt before they open. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the casino opens at midnight. I'm sure we'll get to be seated and make the first bet or whatever before that. The nightclub's opening at midnight. I know Big Balls, Chris Wilberdeen, and the stadium swim management team and like 25 <laughs> of the cocktail girls have a big table right up there at the front for the opening of the nightclub there. Well, I got what a question. What is the significance of the Fountain Blue to the, to the community? What does it mean? Well, I think their business plan will be a little bit different. They're really going to focus on nightlife and, and the day club type thing. Uh, they have a lot of casino space, but I don't think that's their primary you know, um, primary, uh, how do I want to say it, uh, core competency. Um, because they're going to bring that Miami vibe. Yeah, it, it's gorgeous. I've seen a lot of videos from the inside and some pictures. I guess my question would be for you, Mike, is, you know, Durango opened for the locals, you know, last week. Yeah. And now we have the Fountain Blue opening. I feel like Derek hasn't had a new grand opening in a while. Is this making Derek itchy to open a new casino? No, not at all. <laughs> we Remember, we still have eight floors we haven't built out at Circa. Oh, really? There's still eight floors of the hotel that are just a gray shell. No, we're not itchy to build a new casino. What this does, though, is it puts a real <laughs> real pressure on the job market, though. Uh, you know, because these casinos take from, you know, 
different different pools really Urango and what Fountain Blue but then they draw from a group that draws from a group and it trickles down so whatever level of casino you're at you feel it from the the employment side what sports book inside Fountain Blue there there is uh, a sports book I don't know how big it's going to be we talked to them briefly who, do you know who's running it, Amal? Yeah, I that's what not. I was asking. Uh, someone just, told me. I don't know who it is. But I just yeah. heard it last week, too. We weren't serious on the bid from our initial talks with Circa them. Circa was so. not serious. Not on serious the okay. on the bid from what their, their plan was with their book. I, I just okay. don't. Look, I wish them all the success in the world, Patrick. But where they're located, it's going to be a challenge. There's not been a ton of properties that are successful in that location. Resorts World is directly across the street from them. Resorts World looks like an empty uh, mall. I mean, you go into resorts, there's not a ton of people there outside of certain events or when there's a concert going on. You don't get foot traffic past the wind. That's the biggest challenge. Every property that's come in on Sahara Boulevard yeah. and Las Vegas Boulevard has struggled. And it's going to be the same thing with the Fountain Blue. How many restaurants have closed since day one at Resorts World? I mean, it's close to a dozen, I believe. I'm just not they, surprised. To, to Maul's point about foot traffic. The problem with Resorts World as well is they had to follow up. They were right after the Circa grand opening. <laughs> and nobody could do it like yeah. Circa did it. Yeah. So well, they couldn't they be, were always going to be judged. They were always going to be judged, right? It was like two years later or a year and a half later, it felt like. Okay. Circa Millions won, but Circa Survivor 2, our very own Adam Burks, one of the 13 remaining. What's up? Yeah. Uh, so now all the talk the last 48 hours is they're trying to organize these 13 into some sort of a chop arrangement. But the latest word this morning was there was one that said no deal. Play it out. The, the chop proposed chop from what I understand I'm t telling you this eighth hand right uh, <laughs> was take 500,000 each and play for the, the, the other 2.7 million but um, according to this there was one entry that said he's he, not at this point is he interested in chopping so on onward they go I would ask you both if you had a ticket remaining you were one of the 13 um, what would your position be and how would you be monetizing it I think a thing that came in vogue this year is selling percentages of your ticket yeah, it's, a, it's very common in poker tournaments. Um, if What's the amount right now? 700000 in theory? Yeah. Or you said 500000 Look, yeah, I think no, implied would be about seven thirteen yeah. right mm -hmm. now. Look, a lot of it depends on your financial situation. Actually, all of it does. And your, your liquidity right now and your ability to monetize, right? Maybe. But I'm going to tell you, here, here's, I think it was Adam and I or Dustin and I who talked about this. You make 700000 it's a great sum of money. I'm not trying to just kind of push that aside. But... You make $9 million, and you're never updating your resume ever again. I'd take the 500K and go and battle for the 2.7. I, I like that. I, that's why I right now you've got a juror that wants manslaughter, and the other <laughs> one will want to convict of uh, yeah. first degree, right? Yeah, he won't give comparison. in. Yep. That's a good comparison. He won't give in. I, and I, if he doesn't I, give in, you you got nothing. 13 it's, a hang, it's a hang jury. 13 angry men. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a, it's I, a good number. I, 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 you know, I thought the $500 proposal, that's what I said the yeah. other day. I said you play for the 3 million. I didn't yeah. realize it's 9.3, yeah. but you play for 3 million, you divide it up, yeah. and you take 450, but 500 is a better po possibility. You play for 2.8 million. Yeah, so if you still win, you're still walking out with $3.3 .3 million. That's still a ton of money. I think that's a very suitable one. The one person that has held out is the does the dissenter have potentially the best pool of play, uh, teams so, left? So the way they rank it, yeah. he ranks third out of the – everybody ranks it differently, right? Sure. But the way that this site that's been ranking them for the last month ranks this person third out of the 13. Where do you rank Burke? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I haven't gotten into the rankings or, or looking at the metrics – um, but, uh, I, you know, I gave him credit with the, the, 
the Browns play. It was a pretty, pretty strong play and, you know, got a little wiry at the end, but uh, you've I been did. high on the Browns this year. That was before I need, Lawrence. I, was I need 10 wins. I have them over nine and a half, but I never, oh, you got them over nine and a half. Yeah. I never felt like they were going to lose that game at all. Ever, ever, ever. And then yeah. by the way, Doug Peterson, he needs a casino host. <laughs> Fezzik wasn't happy. Wasn't happy with that. <laughs> that was no. a good segment on Monday as he, uh, as he recalled how he approved the uh, virgin birth. He's a, he's a humble guy. Palm <laughs> <laughs> versus the Prince next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the betting splits. Money and bets for every game. Updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well. Check them out. VSIN.com slash splits. Got them, big guy. Okay, we got you back. Palm versus the Prince. Of course, Dustin's got the timer ready to go. It is deadlocked. Two and two. Two apiece. Who's going to break the deadlock? Okay, the flip behind the scenes earlier today was won by Amal Shaw, so he's going to start today. And here's the first question. Get the clock ready. Which QB in this draft class will have the best career, Amal Shaw? Caleb Williams. He's the most proven commodity out of everybody at the collegiate level right now. Heisman Trophy winner. Go back to his first appearance in the Red River rivalry and what he did against Texas. Move that forward to Los Angeles. Heisman Trophy. Despite the struggles this year, he is still the best prospect. It's fairly clear cut. He's a generational player. I'll go with Jaden Daniels. I've not been impressed with Caden, Caleb Williams' leadership ability here, Patrick, as USC melted down. Loosey-goosey with the ball, too many turnovers. I think Daniels is a much more effective runner and really came of age as he came to LSU from where he started with Arizona State. I think he has a higher ceiling. Okay. We figure out, is it a win for each or a push? We continue. Game-winning drive, Mike Palm. Who you taking at quarterback? Is it Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Tua, or Jared Goff. Well, of these four games managers, anecdotally, it jumped out to me, Josh Allen. And then I went back and looked at the numbers. In two last years, he has 17 to Dax, 21. Goff, the same amount of services, Dax, 16 to a 7 since 2020. I mean, we've seen Josh Allen do it in big situations. The problem is the Bills defense can't defend for 13 seconds. You mentioned the Dak Prescott 21 come from behind victories, but I think he's had the better team and he's played two more seasons yep. than Josh Allen. That's why you see a slight separation. To me, Tua and Josh, uh, excuse me, Jared Goff are not even in the conversation. Uh, I'm going to give a slight edge here to Dak Prescott only based on just performance over the years and experience. Uh, they're both very similar. The one thing you have to give an edge to Prescott, he does not have the propensity to throw the big interception that Josh Allen has done over the last several seasons. Okay. Amal Shaw, you're up. The Lions at nine and a half to one to win the NFC or the Dolphins at plus 340 in the AFC. Oh, it's easy. The Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are going to finish third in the NFC in all likelihood. So they will still be in a position to be able to potentially host the NFC championship game. Miami's not even certain to win the AFC East at this point in time. A horrific home loss. One of five teams since 2002 to blow a 14-point lead with three minutes left or less. They've only beaten one team with a winning record this year, Patrick, their eight other wins have come against teams under 500. This Miami team is not as good as people think they are. Yeah, but here's the problem. My answer is Miami, Patrick, and here's the problem. There's one thing that eliminates Detroit from this consideration. It's called the San Francisco 49ers. 
They are not beating the San Francisco 49ers in Northern California. Now, when we go over to the other side of it, I think every team in the AFC has chinks in their armor. Uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, we've all seen these teams, Jacksonville, we've all seen these teams struggle from week to week and not be as consistent as the 49ers. For that reason, I think the Dolphins have a better shot. I've got this neck and neck right now, big guy, as we continue. Question number four, this is for you, Mike Palm. We'll mix it up a little yep. bit. If you could have one condiment for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Well, I have to go with ketchup. I know that's the standard answer, but you use it on the most things. A close runner-up for me was French dressing. Yes, dressing is a condiment, and it's hard to get out here. But ketchup, you can use it on a hamburger, use it on a hot dog. Use, some people use it on pizza. Fried egg sandwiches, I can't go without ketchup. On pizza? <laughs> oh, yes. Really? I never heard that oh, one yes. before. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to go with the same thing. The reason why is because I don't eat a lot of different condiments. I'm not actually even an overwhelming fan of ketchup simply because there's too much sugar in it. But uh, I think Mike is right. The usage on ketchup is much, much more multifaceted compared to anything else. Okay. The what are you laughing NFC at over there, Sweetelson? <laughs> Multifaceted <laughs> for ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wrote that down. The NFC right now, Amal Shaw, you're up. Which teams are going to be the six and seven seed? Of course, right now, you've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. I like the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing great football. I think they have an opportunity. If for some reason Philadelphia were to lose another game along the way, they wouldn't even need to worry about that game or Dallas trips up as well in that final weekend of the season against the Rams. The Rams are playing great football. And then I think the Minnesota Vikings sneak in. Yeah. Nobody's talking about the Vikings defense. All we've done is talk about the positive parts of Josh Dobbs and then the failures of Josh Dobbs. And despite Nick Mullins stepping in, I like the way this defense has been playing extremely well over the last eight weeks, Minnesota and Time. the Rams. I, uh, I agree with Amal on the Rams. I have them as the seventh seed. Yep. Uh, very good. They're going to be nine and eight. They could be 10 and seven if San Francisco has the one seed locked up to his point. I put the Packers at six still. Uh, I saw this coming on Monday. I thought this was a terrible spot for them on the road. You know, they were much better as the Hunters than the Hunted being a favorite with Love going there and then that New York team having the count. I still think overall their balance and what they could do offensively running and passing the ball. I'm not sold on Minnesota offensively. Not saying you want people to move there, but what's your best selling point, Mike Palm, to conv convince people to move to Las Vegas, Nevada? Well, it's a 24-hour town. That's the number one distinguishing factor. No matter what time of day, Patrick, you want to do something, it's available to you. And you take it for granted if you live here and you go to San Diego and you want to have dinner at 9 o'clock and every restaurant's already had their last seating. I would also mention no state tax, but that's not as distinguishing as the 24 hours. I would say this, we're the one place in the country that doesn't have natural disasters. We don't have tornadoes, we don't have earthquakes, we don't have snow, we don't have hurricanes, none of those things. Hey, I've lived in those places, who the hell wants to deal with that crap? <laughs> Might have been both your individual best answer of the day. That it is, is really, uh, the natural disaster fascinates me because I think there's no natural disasters because natural disasters assume humans don't like live here. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty impressed with that one. Hoover Dam. Uh, the Hoover Dam is a big terrorist target, though. Let's not undersell that. Very good point. Like, <laughs> well, sure. I win. Also, also not, I win. Also, not, I a, win. Natu not a natural I win. disaster. I win. Who is the – Who is the? that's off the record, though. That can't be used. Who, who, who is the best backup quarterback starting this week, Amal Shaw? You're up. Uh, I'm – oh. I'm going to tell you right <laughs> Again, he was lost. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> I'm going to be he honest. He sunsets. He sunsets after the first hour. No, I misread of this show. the question. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the best backup quarterback in the NFL. No, this yeah, week. Can, yeah, this playing week. this week. My guy's not playing this week. Oh, I'm sorry. Who was your answer? My answer was going to be Andy Dalton. Okay. I defer. Patrick, he gets that one. Give him the point right now. Okay. Oh. The beige BB be gun. We have our first lay down question. My answer is Jake Browning. And I don't I don't need to explain. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. No, it's a I, I want. No, it's, I want. It's like Jeopardy. I gave an eligible answer. It's like Jeopardy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk enough money to lose. By the way, speaking if of which you, on Jeopardy, those final contestants aren't smart enough to do the math. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Uh, if you <laughs> said the guy Palm, not smart enough you, to read the questions this week, that's correct. If you had to only bet on one college basketball well, conference all season, so specializing here, which would you choose? Well, it, obviously the Big 12 because of the quality of the competition. But I, Amal will give a better answer on that. I, he he said he wanted that, so I give that to him. I think that the SEC is interesting. Because I think you have a bunch of teams that are like between the 20th and 30th best team in the country. So I think there's a competitive balance that will make the lines closer. And from my perspective, generally, I like a closer point spread when I'm betting college basketball. The reason why I like the Big 12 yeah. is because I just have a great familiarity yeah. with the league. But more importantly, Patrick, you have more consistency with these teams. The one thing in the SEC is you have more upsets in road spots in conference games than you do in a conference like the Big 12. Even the same thing happens in the Big 10. There's just certain spots you see a team you don't think they're going to lose. They go on the road and they find a way to win. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Big 12 here. Well, Amal wanted it. He needed it after the white flag. <laughs> Never seen it happen in our lives. <laughs> just, uh, okay, I like this question. We'll end with this. Amal Shaw, you're on a deserted island, and you can have one rap album. Which one do you bring? NWA, 100 Miles and Running. Good one. Uh, Mike Palm. Well, I'm waiting. He gets 30 seconds. <laughs> That's a walk-off. It felt like there was a punctuation at the end of the answer. It's not a walk-off. I, I gave, it's I not a walk-off. But, I, you know, defining rap and what's rap and what's hip-hop, I'm not a big straight, like, heavy, hard, gangster rap type person. I'm going to go with oh, this. surprising. Say. I'm going to go with the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Uh, you know, after the breakup of the Fugees, and, and, you know, the score is probably top ten on this list. I think, you know, the, the singles that came out, Everything is Everything, Doo-Wop. Um, and the underrated song on that track is X Factor, uh, which is a great song. So for me, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. <laughs> that was a Barry Zito in his prime like curveball <laughs> from Mike Palm there. I, it. 12 I bought it when it came six. out. <laughs> Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Out of, that oh, was wild, big Absolutely. Guy. It might be the most shocking thing anyone has ever said on this network. I, no, was, I did not see that coming. No, it's when Gil was asking me, long when it was uh -oh. my first days, and Gil was asking me about, um, about something about rappers. They're like, I wouldn't know anything about it. And I was talking about Crossroads. And, and, and <laughs> Parles couldn't stop. Parles was producer number Bone 18 Bug, at that Dogs in Harmony? Cleveland, yeah. Ohio, baby. Yep. BTH. Yep. Yeah, that is Ohio. Four Dustin, what do you got? I, got? I got a winner for Mike Palm this week. Woo! I have a 4-3 <laughs> winner for Mike Woo! Palm. That last answer put him over the top. All right, congratulations. That's a 3-2 overall lead for Mr. Palm. Thank Mike, you. anything to say on the way out? Thank you. Looking forward. We'll have full report on Fountain Blue next week. <laughs> Would love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Fridays on the Lombardi line. Saturdays, of course, Mike Palm. You can hear him right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. 
on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the picks, easily sortable. You can follow the hosts and guests, top VSIN expert leaderboard, all there. And we email them to you, send them over to you every single day. So any guest, any host, every day. We'll send you the picks, including, I think Gable sent over. Thomas Gable runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. He sent over like seven picks today in college hoops. They're all there. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Also, Samich sent over a bunch of hockey picks. Make sure you check them out. Introductory offer right now, $9.99. Thank you to Mike Palm for stopping by this Wednesday edition of Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. We've got Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in Bobby Stanley. PicksWise does a great job with the NBA prop betting market. Prop analyst at Prop Holiday, like that, on Twitter. And we say hi to Bobby. Hi, Bobby. How you doing? Good, good. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing very well. We were talking about some of the pitfalls or dangers of betting props to start the program today. And, you know, one of them would be an unforeseen event. Like, how about Jokic getting tossed when you had over nine and a half assists, Bobby? And he was sitting on six yesterday. That's the prop. That's prop betting. Sometimes things that are out of your control, right? That is the downside. It's it's injuries. It's overtime. If you're if you're betting on an under, it's it's ejections. Um, These are the downsides to player props, but there are also some upsides. You can you can really build yourself a case, um, have a little bit more data points at your disposal if you if you want to go in on a player props, though. So may I just follow up quickly? I'm sorry. I apologize. I just want to follow up there quickly. I know Dustin was going to ask you to talk about your approach, but when you wake up in the morning or the night before and you're looking at an empty board and starting to put together your props for the day, where, where do you start, Bobby? Um, I usually start with the, the seven o'clock. Uh, yeah. The 7 PM games over on the East coast. Um, and I work game by game all the way back to the, to the later games, usually because that's when the most uh, injury report information is available. Usually the later games, it's a little bit more up in the air. We have more lines available early on. So I start my way at 7 PM as an East coast guy. And then I work my way back. Bobby, when you look at these props, especially with the NBA, are they, one of the things Patrick had brought up earlier was look at certain matchups. For example, tonight, 76ers and Pistons. It's a bit more challenging to bet on some of the Sixers props because you're not com- comfortable they're going to get the full amount of time that they normally would in a game. How much of that do you take into consideration in terms of matchup, team on a back-to-back? What are some of the factors for people like myself who don't bet a ton of props that you could kind of help guide us in terms of finding an easy way in? I, I kind of use a you have to come up with a projection. Obviously, you, you take a look at the line. I do a very simplistic formula for creating a projection. I take a player's points per minute, rebounds per minute, whatever market you're looking into. And then I try to project their minutes. So you make a valuable point. Or is it going to be a blowout? Um, is this their third or fourth game in, you know, in four or five days? But once you have a, a decent idea about their minutes, I like to use median as a projection, not necessarily the average. Averages can be swung. You know, you get an overtime game, you get an early ejection. Now their average minutes are thrown all through a loop. I like to look at median and I take my points per minute times it by the median, um, give myself a baseline projection just to see if I'm at a good starting point or not. And then we really dive in to the basketball side of things. Love it. Bobby Stanley, check out PicksWise. They do a good job. It's a very easily uh, navigatable, navigatable site as well at Prop Holiday on Twitter. Let's get into a few of your plays tonight. Uh, Scotty Barnes, Atlanta at the Raptors, you're going to go over 14 and a half boards for Barnes. 
Well, let's use that formula I was talking about for Barnes. It's 0.41 rebounds and assists per minute he's on the floor with a median minute output of 36 and a half minutes. So my baseline projection right off the bat, 15.2 rebounds and assists. So we're getting a decent number. Now let's look at the matchup. The Atlanta Hawks. This is a pace-up situation for the Toronto Raptors. Um, playing a Hawks team significantly higher in pace. Teams that he's faced with a similar profile as the Hawks. Indiana Pacers, 16 rebounds and assists. Detroit Pistons, 16 rebounds and assists. Spurs, 17. Bucks, 17 and 16 in both those matchups. Then I look a little bit more on the basketball side of things, not just the numbers. Atlanta struggles in transition, and this is Scotty Barnes' game. It's his style of play. He's not going to sit there in a half-court offense um, and run the shot clock down. So he's getting out in transition against a team that is very poor in transition defense. You're probably going to pick up one or two assists that way for him. Last time he played a team that was that poor in transition, two games ago against the Charlotte Hornets, he finished with a triple-double. He's about 15-1 to 1 to get a triple-double tonight if you're looking for some crazier odds. I mean, I want to go to a play that I really like that you made here. Damian Lillard over 26 and a half points. Uh, Bucks coming off of a loss in the uh, season tournament here in Las Vegas. And you're playing a team where you got a point total of 258 and a half in this game. Can't remember the last time the Pacers played any defense. Just kind of expand upon how you chose Lillard out of so many options on the Bucks in this game tonight. I actually think it's the highest regular season total we've ever seen. I saw that tweet floating out there, <laughs> so don't don't quote me, but it's up there. Um, I actually love this play in the semifinals of the in-season tournament. He finished with 24 in that game. He went 7 of 20 field goal attempts, 35% from the field. It was the only one of five games this season where he had 20 field goal attempts or more, um, and he didn't beat this line. So I'm going back to it here. Um, if I look at the matchup, Dame Lillard, seventh most possessions per game as a high pick-and-roll ball handler, nearly 11 points per game in this setting. The Indiana P uh, Pacers, the second most points allowed two pick-and-roll ball handlers this season. So it's a very good matchup on paper, and they also play at such a high pace. Going back to that in-season tournament game, he didn't get his first field goal to about six minutes in the second quarter. So he started off cold. I can think of at least two or three uh, layups and easy finishes at the basket that just didn't bounce his way. So higher pace, good matchup for his style of basketball, and as far as the number is concerned, it's right in his wheelhouse. So I'm, I'm going back to Dame on this one. Great info. Bobby Stanley joining us picks wise. I, I find myself, I'll give you an example, Bancaro points and Julius Randall assists. And then I try to attack with point guards, the Detroit Pistons backcourt, those three in particular, Bobby, I just like, do you get obsessed with certain players, certain angles when you start approaching the prop board for the night, we can get to the Brandon Ingram play over 23 and a half against a bad defensive team. But do you find yourself falling into those traps with certain players like me? I'll be honest with you, man. Sometimes you do, you get really obsessed with certain stats and angles, high pick yes. and roll ball transition. Who's really good in ISO. Who's really bad in ISO. I'm looking at Shangun tonight. He's one of the worst ISO and post up defenders in the league. Uh, playing Jaron Jackson tonight, who's been on a tear these last four, four games. So you really have to start with that projection so you're not betting into a bad line. Now, if you get a good line and it fits your you know, your stat that you're obsessed with, then maybe you're on to something. But don't go betting into bad numbers because you're obsessed with an angle, I would say. Bobby, is there any player that you've had overwhelming success with or a team in the prop market that's been really good for you? And even though we're about a quarter, a little bit past quarter turn into the season, maybe people can jump on potentially. 
some good success with Kaminga this season, believe it or not. I hit him last night, and I hit him two or three other times earlier in the season. And you, you got to do a little bit more than just the numbers when you're handicapping player props. Listen to the coach speak a little bit. Kerr was saying if he can do the things inside and on the glass, he's going to get more minutes. And we talk about my projection model. If you're on the floor, you have a better chance at going over on anything. So minutes matter in this. I've had some success with Kaminga picking his spots. He ended up starting the second half last night against the Suns. I think we're going to see a lot more of him as this Warriors team heads into the trade deadline. Ingram over points total tonight at Washington. Washington was a disaster. We know on Monday against the Philadelphia 76ers, 23 and a half for Ingram. This is my, I'm glad we were able to get this one. It's my favorite combination of the, the points and the numbers match up and then the actual basketball aspect of this. 0.67 points per minute, median minutes outputs a 35, goes to 35.7 on the road. So we're projecting them at 23 to 24 conservatively. Numbers check the box. Let's look at the matchup. Ingram is a mid-range shooter primarily. 44% of his shot profiles in that 3 to 16 foot range. Largest chunk of shots for Ingram. Wizards, bottom three in the NBA in opponent mid-range shooting, allowing 47%. Only the Hawks and the Pistons are worse. Now, Ingram, off-screen scoring. These are guys coming off screens. You're thinking of Clay, Steph, Durant, Paul George. Ingram slates in just behind those guys. Wizards, bottom three percentile in off-screen defense. And then lastly, as, an, as a pick-and-roll ball handler, Wizards, bottom three percentile pick-and-roll ball handlers, nearly 18 points per game allowed. So I'm getting a number that's beatable. I'm getting a guy whose strengths expose these weaknesses of the other team. We just got to hope it's not a blowout and he can stay on the floor. Beautiful. Love all three. Just bet all three. A question for you. I'm not a sneakerhead, so I know over your left shoulder, I'm old, so I remember the original Jordan. What is the Jordan over your right shoulder? Those are the 2001 Concords, I believe, and then it's not in the shot, but I have the 94 Chicago ones back there. Both are unwearable. The soles are completely uh, shot, but I am a bit of a sneakerhead, and it goes, here we go. Um, I, uh, and the, the 94 is over here. Yeah, no, these are just nostalgic shoes. Um, Jordan, say what you want about him in the goat debate, but he is the goat of sneakers. So just, uh, Dustin, you are a sneakerhead. Your take on the sneakers in the screen there. I have the concords. I love them. The ones are awesome. I'm wearing Travis Scott's today. I just took it off to show you. Oh, oh a little flex there for Bobby. Bobby Stanley, that was great. We'll have you again. PicksWise, NBA prop analyst at Prop Holiday on Twitter. Great job and good luck tonight, Bobby. Appreciate you. Take care, guys. Thank you. Okay, there it is. Dustin with the shoe prop. That's pretty good. Prop on prop. is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet $5, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings betting the NBA tonight using the promo code SHARP. Remember, that's for new bettors, but every better over at DraftKings gets a no-sweat, same-game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. Here on a Wednesday, December 1-3, of course, you've got 
Thursday night football to kick off. Is it week 15, boys? Week 15 tomorrow night. Wow, it's crazy to say that as the Raiders will host the Chargers. We know Easton Stick under center for the Chargers. You're wondering about the quarterback. The backups have been the theme this year in the NFL. Will it be Aiden O'Connell, Brian Hoyer, Jimmy Garoppolo? We don't know as of yet, but we're going to find out potentially more NFL news right now with the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. It's time for three-point stance. So this report coming from the Athletics, I don't know how to say his last name ever, Vic Taffer, Taffer, T-A-F-U-R, covers the Raiders. Uh, he believes it's very likely Aiden O'Connell will be benched for Jimmy G if he plays poorly tomorrow. So he's indicating that it's going to be O'Connell tomorrow, but should he not look great, Jimmy G would get the job back. Okay, so Garoppolo, but they're giving Aiden O'Connell one more one more. Basically, okay, yeah. If you. he doesn't look good, they'd go back to Garoppolo. Oh, you got to keep in mind for, for, like, Antonio Pierce, he wants to prove he can get this job, so he's got to reel off a couple wins here. Playing hard and looking good isn't always enough. I, I, I'll just say this. It's an impossibility that Aiden O'Connell gives you a better chance than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> if Jimmy Garoppolo is even kind of healthy, Aiden O'Connell, no, I, I, he must, he's probably one of the nicer people ever. Sure. The, the fact that he's on a NFL football field is a joke. Also the name Aiden, like Liam doesn't really strike a lot of fear. No, but sir, I'm, I'll get you to decide you, how could Jimmy Garoppolo not just as a vet go out and give you more opportunities to move the football? I completely right, agree. I mean, what it, have we seen out of Aiden O'Connell that says, oh, he got to play him over Jimmy Garoppolo? He, I will say O'Connell's looked better than I ever thought, but that's because my Q rating of him was so low coming into his rookie season. I'm just saying as a vet, you have little yeah. tricks in the bag that you can, like, when you just need to pick up three yards, you kind of have little things you can do that Garoppolo's going to have some of that you know, like the old man strength. Well, the, the, <laughs> Just the, as game, a vet. the game should be slower. Yeah, like old man ba pickup basketball. Like that old man who can somehow like has yeah, a yeah, weird just post. Back move. you down with his big ass. Yeah. Like, just have Garoppolo go out there and just move the football a little bit. He's not going to be dynamic, but it's going to be better. If you had Garoppolo against the Vikings, you probably yeah. win that football game because you're going to get in scoring position. By the way, every old man who plays pickup basketball does the trick where they back you in, they put the ball between their legs, they go up empty handed, you jump, and they come <laughs> yeah, to the other yeah. side. Yeah, totally donks. Yeah, and then they just they they act like they invented the move. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, they're the first one to they, ever they, do they're it. They're dying. They're like, yeah. All right. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, everyone was surprised when he ended up starting over the weekend against Cleveland. Well, he had a full practice today for Jacksonville. Uh, Doug Peterson said he shouldn't have any limitations leading into the practice. So it looks like Trevor Lawrence in that ankle, uh, it is healing up nicely. Trevor Lawrence going to play. I, the shocking part was that he played last week. And he ran uh, he around. played last week and ran around pretty well. Uh, I think he definitely gives it a go this week. Well, his, okay. per his performance last week, you would have never known he got injured just a few nights ago. No, totally. He was very impressive. Totally agree. What else is going on? A global market has posted the odds with the news about Bill Belichick, according to Tom Curran and the, the Patriots potentially moving on next year. A global market last night posted the top eight candidates to become the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Your leader out of the gates Gerard Mayo at plus 375. That is number one. Number two, Patrick, you're not going to like this. Ben Johnson at five to one. 
Your third favorite on the board is Cliff Kingsbury at 575, followed by Mike Vrabel at 6 to 1, Brian Callahan plus 750, Kellen Moore at 10 to 1, Ron Rivera at 12 to 1, Dan Quinn at 18 to 1 in the field plus 425. Are the Patriots not going to open it up to a full search? Why are these the names that are in the mix? Because these are the only names the bookmaker knows. That's the reality of it. You Gerard Ron Rivera, Mayo, Ben Johnson, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike Vrabel, Brian Callahan, Kellen Moore, Ron Rivera, Dan Quinn. Well, Ben Johnson's going to be on everybody's list. My assumption would be, and Kraft is an in-house kind of guy, I think it just comes down to Mayo yeah. or Vrabel. Yeah, it's whether Mayo wants it and whether Vrabel can get out of his deal with the Titans if he doesn't like Will Correct. Levis. Correct. I but if you're Mike Vrabel, are you really looking to go back to New England? The oh. defense is solid, but there's still a lot of question marks offensively. It's not just quarterback. It's the offensive nope. line. New England's the only and team. And you're that... following Bill Belichick. Yeah, right? it's another now, great point. You can you can be Bill Belichick for the next 10 years, and people will be like, all right, fine. But yeah. Yeah. there's actually going to be pressure on the next yeah. guy because they're going to want to win. Yeah, and New England's like the only other place I can think of off the top of my head that – has less help on the outside as far as receivers exactly. go than Tennessee does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, it's DeAndre and a bunch of other dudes in, in Tennessee. Yeah, and I think Tennessee, it's like, you know, not necessarily overwrought with pressure. Yeah. Um, you'd pr if, if you're Vrabel, it literally just comes down to where would you rather live amongst those two organizations, Nashville right? And I'd rather day. live in Plus Nashville. no state income tax in Tennessee. All yeah. day. Or like, yeah, yeah, it's very low. I, yeah, that to me, it'd be Nashville. It's like, I don't know. Also, I don't know if you guys agree with this. There is something it's something that's always been so off-putting and antiseptic as far as Gillette. I don't know. Well, Fox, it, Fo it's in Foxborough, right? Like, well, that's why. It's like out in the – like the only thing I know just, about – But I'm just saying even on television, it's just never played well no, to me, even it, in the I, big big games. Completely agree. With you. It looks like the most depressing place when you see it from afar just kind of coming in yeah. when they zoom in. You're so right about that. It just feels yeah. like uh, – maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like people like leaving the city, you drive in the woods for about 45 minutes, and all of a sudden there's just a football stadium and nothing else. By, by the way, the other thing that bothers me about the Pats – I get the allegiance to the Celtics and to the Red Sox. Like, New England is Red Sox baseball. But I don't remember any Patriots fans pre-2002. No, 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 no. But we're either rooting for Ben Coates. <laughs> That's a good one. No, we go back to we go back to yeah. I remember '85 with what? Who was it? Tony uh, Tony Eason and uh, Tony Eason and Grogan and Grogan when and um, the white running back Craig Come James. On, you know. Mike James, that's right. Craig, James. And they got boat race. That was, as in my lifetime, that in the 49er Chargers Super yes. Bowl, those were the two where there weren't questions going into the game. The only question was by how much, not who was going to win the football game. Right? Those two Super Bowls. The Patriots, Bears, and then, my goodness, the 49ers with Steve Young when he was slanging it against the Chargers. Wasn't Bobby Ross coaching the Chargers? Bobby Ross, that former Georgia right. Tech. Yeah. yeah. They were Bobby they were. Ross coaching the Georgia Tech. I believe he coached at Army, coached the Chargers, yes. and then coached the Lions. That was the game where uh, they won 49-26. Correct. And Steve Young had six touchdown passes, and they were 19-and-a-half-point favorites. And Jimmy Vaccaro had a great story. He goes, Carl Icahn comes in and makes a $2.4 million bet on the 49ers on the money line to win 300000 and he goes, don't tell anybody. And then Icon the next day releases a press release. Somebody bet $2.4 on the Niners. There was no question. 
There was just it was it was a foregone conclusion. Was where, where did Ross coach? Was that right on that big guy? Yeah, yeah. You, you had Georgia Tech, Army, Maryland. Yeah. Looking up pictures of him, apparently he's the guy who invented wearing the flat brim hat. <laughs> About yeah, he was. He started an interesting run of head coaches for the Detroit Lions. Bobby Ross, Marty Morningweg. Oh. Now I miss I'm, I misexplained. Let me just explain quickly. <laughs> Remember when you went to overtime back in the day? These kids won't know this. It was just the first team to score. Right. What Marty Morningweg, his first year as head coach with the Detroit Lions, they were in Chicago. He kicked off. He won the coin flip. Chose to kick off in overtime because he quote unquote wanted to play the wind. W I N D. What do you think happened? The Bears marched down and kicked a field goal and won the game and walked off. Like, <laughs> he didn't even touch the ball on no. offense. I've never seen that to me. Like, there should be books written about that decision. Like, you have to be fired immediately. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. The only thing I'll say in his defense, it, it was not the right call. But statistically, at that point in time, teams who got the ball second had a slightly higher win percentage. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He wasn't playing analytics. He was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, his analytics I, was the weather. <laughs> when, I tell you, when I tell you Marty Morningweg, I don't disagree with what you're saying, nor do I question it. Marty Morningweg was definitely just like, it's windy out. <laughs> There are coaches you sit there and you go, it's like the Mario Cristobal. The morning wag one, it reminds me of Mario Cristobal down in Miami this year. Again, speaking of Georgia Tech, when they chose not to take a knee to try and get, I think it might have been Mark Fletcher over 100 yards in that game. Yeah, and he fumbled. And then they fumble. And then Haynes King, Mr. Texas A&M reject, just goes right down the field like they were playing seven guys on defense. Haynes, Haynes King had a good year. He had a very good year, except when he played Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cristobal seems like the type of guy, big guy, that has a recruit over to his house and does the where's the basketball move. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Then he, set, what a dong. Also has a bench set up to see if he can out bench the recruit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, so we're always debating here on Sharp Money what it takes to be number one, but Zen nicotine pouches, well, they're already there. You can go check out your Zen. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or a dipper looking to ditch the ashtray or the spit cup, look no further than Zen. Zen is made with six simple ingredients. It's available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. It's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction because it's discreet. You can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game, plus every Zen. And Canna Zen earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zen swag, and even gift cards. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We're back here. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Okay, I know Amal's got his take on the Dolphins. Just quickly wanted to get to the other futures that you've got going on. Again, Adrian Peterson was the last, I believe, you guys remember the year? The last non-quarterback? 2012. Okay, that sounds about right. Last non-quarterback to win the MVP. We're hitting the MVP market for another future here, big guy, and that is Christian McCaffrey at 35-1. to 1. Yeah, you know, this is one of those bets where maybe I just have, like, sour grapes from the fact that I didn't fire on Brock Purdy at 50-1, to 1, like week three or four of the season when I wanted to and talked myself out of it. But when you look at that team and, you know, they lost the three in a row and Brock Purdy didn't elevate his game, I think there's a strong case against him. And if you want to have the best player on the best team win the award, Christian McCaffrey is the best player on the best team, even though Debo Samuel is having a great last you know, few weeks. Uh, I think this number on McCaffrey is going to potentially shorten up here when you look at the schedule. That's why I'm getting in at 35 to 1. Uh, they're at Arizona this week. They allow the second most rush yards in the league and the fourth most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Remember, McCaffrey finds the end zone. He had that streak of like 12, 13, whatever it was in a row where he found the end zone. He could potentially have a monster day this week and that shorten up. Following the Cardinals, it's the Ravens against the Niners. And while the Ravens are known for having a good run defense, they are allowing running backs about middle of the road, 17th in rush yards to running backs. What they do, though, is limit the passer. Brock Purdy could have a tough day that day. They allow the least amount of passing touchdowns and the seventh fewest passing yards in the league right now. So coming off Arizona where McCaffrey could pop, could be a bad game for Purdy, I think that could shorten things up a lot for McCaffrey, who then would have Washington in the second-to-last game of the year. That defense has given up. That defense stunk before they traded Chase Young, before they traded Montez Sweat and sold all the pieces. What do you think they're going to care about second-to-last game of the year, Week 17, and they allow the most receiving yards to running backs. Another thing that McCaffrey is really good at doing. I don't know if he's going to win the award. I will also point out that the last non-quarterback that I bet to win this award got injured the following week in Tyreek Hill. Oof. But I will say, I have added this to the portfolio of MVP bets, and I haven't made as many as you would think based on my history. I have Lamar Jackson 13 to 1, Kirk Cousins 130 to 1 RIP. Miles Garrett, 300 to 1, not happening. And then Tyreek Hill and now McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey, the number at 30, 35 to 1 is just way too big. I, I hear your argument for McCaffrey and I think he's an outstanding player, but he's not going to win it. I'll tell you what, even I don't think Purdy's going to win it. I think it's going to be Dak Prescott. 
And the reason is you look at his numbers, 28 touchdowns, six INTs, but it's the way the Cowboys have played down the stretch. They have just dismantled teams. I mean, this is a team I talked about it, uh, I think, on Monday or Tuesday or Monday, excuse me. You know, this team has scored, I think, 33 points or more in six of their last seven games. They've just been so proficient offensively. I think the problem with the Niners is they have so many pieces and parts that are so elite. You know, you look at this Cowboys running game this year, it's taken a step back. You know, Zeke wasn't great, but he opened up the middle there for Pollard on the perimeter. That's changed the dynamic. Pollard, hit, listen, guys, we haven't talked about Tony Pollard much this year, and there's a reason yeah. for it. Dak Prescott, 28 touchdowns, six INTs, Purdy, 25 and seven. Numbers are comparable. Completion percentage, quarterback rate. They're all in the same area code. He's either going to win or lose the award in the next three weeks. Yeah, but the schedule works out well, right? You're at Buffalo. And even if they don't win the game, but he plays well, they've got a chance at the Dolphins. Um, I, I think he's got a great opportunity. I think as good as Purdy is, I think the argument would be made that there's 10 to 12 guys that could play in San Francisco and they could do the same thing. Yeah, one thing I'd add about McCaffrey is it's not a crazy historical stat, but if he keeps the NFL rushing lead for four more weeks, he'll be the first player since Emmett Smith in 95 to lead the NFL in rushing every single week from the first week to the last week. <laughs> a little consistency. <laughs> I just think I, look, the number's too big. The no, 35 to 1, I have to jump in and get a little but, taste. But you got to ask yourself one thing from a betting perspective. Like, you took Miles Garrett, and I get it at 300 to 1, but there's only one defensive player to win MVP, right? Taylor in 86. And so to me, when you see a McCaffrey at 35 to one, what does he have to do in the final four games of the regular season to be able to catapult Brock and Dak Prescott at this point in time? So it's less what he has to do and one that I do not think there is a clear-cut MVP at the moment. Like Dak is having a great year, but he's beaten, you know, one good team. And he's got to go to Buffalo, which they've been surging the last, you know, or they look good off the bye, I should say. Uh, Miami, who now has something to prove defensively, and it's still on the road in Miami. Not sure he's going to throw all over them based on his, you know, recent numbers on the road. Uh, Lamar is in the mix, but he's not having a sexy season for a guy who runs the ball as much as he does. Jalen Hurts has too many turnovers. I don't think he can win. Tyreek Hill just got hurt. I think proved he's the MVP, but because he didn't have the numbers from this last game, he's not in. Mahomes isn't the MVP. Like, there is no clear-cut MVP, so I'm going to take the shot at 35-1. to 1. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but the problem I have with the MVP award now is become like the he it's become like the Heisman Trophy, right? Like, the running backs get the Doak Walker, and the quarterbacks get the Heisman, and the NFL NFL, the non-quarterback gets the Offensive Player of the Year award. Sure. Well, I also have him at 12-1 to 1 win <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> He's in – the big guy is in big guy mode right now. I have great news for you because you've mentioned about 35 times that he, McCaffrey, is 35-1. to 1. I got great news for you. Hmm. He's now 40-1 to 1 at DraftKings, so his number it. has – lengthened since you looked at it this morning at DraftKings. So you, you like 35 to 1? You love 40 to 1, big guy. It's not often I get involved in something and something lengthens, Here if you go. know what I mean. Here, we knew that was coming. Um, Dak, one and a half, so plus 150. Brock Purdy, plus 185. Who was it recently? There, there's been a lot. Uh, maybe it was Cam that came out yeah. and, and crushed. Like, Pur Goff, he crushed Purdy. He crushed Dak. Yep. I think he put, there was one there's more one on the quarterback. Who who was the other Tua. name? Tua. Yeah, yeah, good one. And he said they were all just game managers. And so now he's taken a lot of heat for it. But Dax plus 150, Purdy plus 185. Dustin, you mentioned Lamar Jackson plus 475. Totally agree with you. For the Lamar season, it's I think you put it well. Not a sexy season for a guy that um, likes to run the football. Jalen Hurts, 6.5 to 1. Tyreek injured. 
16 to 1. Don't know if he'll be playing. Justin Jefferson, by the way, he is going to be playing this weekend. I'm not sure if you mentioned that in three point, but I saw that pop up. 16 to 1 on Mahomes, and then Allen 18 to 1. So there's two of 20, and then McCaffrey 40. I, I think so. Dustin made the best argument on Tyreek Hill, which is. You saw Miami's offense with him and Miami's offense without him. Trust me, they are not putting up 70 against the Denver Broncos without Tyreek Hill in that lineup. And by the way, not only that, how about the fall off that we've seen in Kansas City's offense this year? Yeah. As good as Travis Kelsey is, he also benefited from having Tyreek Hill around him, as did Patrick Mahomes. I go back to last year's Super Bowl. Somehow the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Mahomes throws for 182 yards, and they put up over 30 points. I mean, to me, that's the biggest shock, is the drop-off you've seen from the offensive production with Kansas City. They went with the New England Patriots blueprint. We can just throw guys out there at wide receiver. You know what? It doesn't work no matter how great your quarterback is Dustin the way you were at you were just coming with McCaffrey facts like I'm gonna that was manifest right there manifest I'm gonna call you James Polk there, there's that was a manifest destiny. there's a bit of bitterness in me placing this I could bet tell there was a tinge of bitterness because in your voice. I you know normally I'm constantly firing in these awards markets but I've somehow been very disciplined throughout the NFL season and I realized like it's almost over, and I haven't really messed around a lot, and I missed out on some really good opportunities in the year. So I was looking at the numbers, and I wasn't going to let a guy getting that long who I think does have a good case get out of there without me betting on him, especially before he faces the Cardinals, who can't stop the run. I have a question for both of you. We can answer it on the other side, because you mentioned we're near the end of the NFL season. What is the one lesson you've learned from a betting perspective this year, whether you do it in the past or not, but maybe you would apply it going forward that you think you can apply in the 2024 season that maybe you didn't do this year? Good question. And you mentioned the key word there, big guy. You said discipline. And when I think of you, I think of discipline. I'm a very disciplined person. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Those conversations when you're leaving work on a Friday, will you or won't you? Discipline. <laughs> yeah. The diets... On and off, discipline. Wait, when Futures I, when, market, discipline. When I go meet with my trainer, Nathan, for the one time this week, he's going to go, you know what? I think about what you've done without me this last week. Discipline's the word that comes to mind. Yeah, Dustin's got a new trainer. I keep asking him, is he good? He goes, I don't know if he's good, but I know he's Brazilian and he's <laughs> yeah. jacked. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer he gives every single time. So he must be good. Sharp money. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.